to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I was trying to prove so hard to the world that I was just like every other female. And um, then I got to a point where I was kind of tired of having to prove that. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live and recognize their continuing connection to land, water and community. I pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Intersex. Do you know what that is? For lots of us, we've never heard of the term. We did do an intersex episode with a mother of an intersex child. You can go back into the archives to listen to that. But today we're talking to someone who is intersex. Bloom is an incredible human. And this is their story. Bloom, welcome to The Deep. Hi, thank you for having me. I have been watching you on socials for a little while now. Could you introduce yourself to everybody for us? Yeah, of course. So my name is Bloom and I am an intersex advocate um, and musician from Melbourne. I found out that I was intersex when I was 16 years old and only over the last few years I've really stepped into a role of advocacy. Um, I started my own podcast called Interesting and Sexy which is dedicated to spreading the awareness and visibility of intersex people and um, yeah just decided to really step into my power and choose to speak out for intersex issues and um, kind of just educate as many people as I can about the topic of intersex, what it means to be intersex and and the various different narratives that lots of intersex people have. It's fascinating because you said you learnt you were intersex at 16. So you had an identity that you were very familiar with and then what happens at 16? So I 
was going about my life and um, obviously had never heard of intersex, so didn't even factor into the equation that that could be what's happening. Um, I just knew that you're supposed to get your period um, when you're a teenager and I wasn't getting my period. And um, I held on hope because I had always known, you know, sometimes you don't get your period until you're 18, you know, and it's like after 18 is when you can start worrying about it. And I wasn't really going through puberty. Um, I wasn't developing like the rest of my friends were. I wasn't getting any body hair. Um, Obviously no period. My breasts weren't growing. And, um, but it didn't really faze me because I was just convinced that it was going to happen eventually. And um, then one day I noticed that I had two lumps appearing on my lower abdomen. Mm. And they would uh, appear on my abdomen whenever I would uh, tense my muscles. So I was um, really into ballet my whole life. And um, so when I was really engaging my core, all of a sudden these two lumps would appear on my lower abdomen. And um, it totally freaked me out. And so I went to my parents and I said, this weird thing is happening, which I know this isn't normal. Um, So I should probably go and see a doctor And then we went to a doctor and then they just said, is there anything else, you know, going on? And because it was a um, pediatric surgeon, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 16 and I don't have my period, but I'm pretty sure that I'm just a late bloomer, but you you know, I should maybe get that checked out as well. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's get it checked out. And then I, yeah, went in for all of these different tests and, um, The first time when kind of something I knew was a little bit off was watching my mum's reaction when I was getting an ultrasound Um, because I was in getting an ultrasound for well over an hour to an hour and a half Mm. and they kept asking me to go to the bathroom and I didn't realise it's because they couldn't see anything. So they thought that maybe my bladder was in the way and they kept asking me to go and pee and it was just taking so long and I had no idea how long ultrasounds usually took. So I was just like, Oh yeah, you know, next time I'm going to be doing this is probably when I'm going to be having a baby. And my mom was just looking kind of a bit like what is happening right now. So that was the first time that I kind of thought maybe something was a little bit off, but again, I really didn't think too much about it. I think because when you're a child, you kind of live in this, I mean, for most people, that come from a safe and happy home. You kind of live in a safe little bubble where nothing really bad can happen to you. Um, And then one day I went um, to the doctor with my parents and um, they both came into the doctor with me, which was a bit weird. And then, yeah, my doctor told me that I was intersex that day and um, it was a huge shock because, yeah, like you were saying, the identity that I have um, or that I had for my whole life knowing this was that I was just like everybody else or I was, you know, really wanting to be like everybody else. And then hearing that was a huge shock, not only because it questioned what I thought about myself and who I thought I was and how I thought my life was going to turn out, but also because it was so weird. (laughs) And to me, to me at that time, 
so different than anything I would have heard. I didn't even know it existed. And so to me, that was completely foreign. So it was finding out that my life isn't going to go the way that I had thought it had gone up until this point. And then also processing what does this even mean? So it was a lot. And it sounds like a lot for your parents. Like it sounds like your mother didn't know. She didn't know this whole time. There was no signs between now and a teenager. Like she would have, was she equally as flawed as you? Was she like, did I miss something? Was there? She, um, she was shocked um, again, because she just didn't, realized that it was a thing. There was no obvious signs. Um, you know, the only signs visibly, I guess, were, uh, the fact that I was born without a vaginal canal. Um, so I basically had the vulva, everything looked normal on the outside, but if you were to like insert anything into me, there was nothing there, which Thankfully, nothing was inserted yeah. into me when I was young. <laughs> yes. So anything from – this is so weird. I feel like you can ask me about my vulva in return because I feel like this is so personal. Um, <laughs> but from the – so from the outside as a parent looking when you, she's changing nappies and all of those things, it's presenting mm-hmm. as female. So the, the difference yes, is yeah. – so there's nothing she can tell and then it's – the vaginal canal isn't there. You only learn this through the ultrasound, which was an internal or an external. So basically the ultrasound that I had was on my stomach because they were trying to look at my um, reproductive organs uh-huh. <laughs> and um, they were looking to see like uterus, fallopian tubes and all that stuff. And they didn't see anything. It was like completely blank Um, and the vagina, I kind of knew something was a little bit different because of when I was experimenting sexually as a teenager and people were telling me that my vagina was a little bit different to other people. Um, slash I once tried to put a tampon in and it didn't go anywhere. And I just, I just had no idea what was supposed to happen. I basically just hadn't gotten around to explore my vagina internally I don't know. Yeah. I and mean, I, I looked at it from the outside and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's such a interesting time, right? Because at 16 is when you are starting to explore sexuality, but also the people you're exploring sexuality don't have wisdom about what all the vaginas in the world look like. And like, so everyone's just kind of banging around like, okay, okay. It's just different a little bit, but it's, you know, and it's, yeah, it's it's such interesting timing for you. But also in that time where you're looking forward to a period, I've never heard that language before, looking forward to it because everyone gets it and it's that thing of like, oh, it just comes and fuck, what do I do? Um, did it feel, I know it was shocking, but did it feel when you got the news that you wouldn't have a period? that you wouldn't, that things would be different for you? Or I don't know, will you get a period? Am I assuming? Mm -mm. No, 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 no. (laughs) Was that sad? Oh, yeah. It was really sad because I think, well, this doesn't happen for a lot of people, 
but my friends were really obsessed with periods when we were in primary school in year six because we were all reading Angus Thongs and um, Full Frontal Snogging. And uh, they talk a lot about periods in that book. And it's all about like coming of age and stuff like this. And my friends were all like, oh, yeah, so when you get your period, like you're a woman. And they had all these nicknames for it. And they would just always talk about their period and stuff. I was thinking this is a weird thing to be excited about, but okay. And then all of them started getting it quite early. So I was like, fuck, like, when am I going to get my fucking period? Um, and then when I got to high school, you know, and I was meeting other people that were more like, I don't want to get my period. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, it's not something that you should be super excited about. But then as it was going, I was like, okay, you know, it doesn't seem that fun, but come on, like, when, when is it going to happen to me? And, um, yeah, finding out there was two sides, finding out that I'll never have children, I'll never have a period and I'll never get to experience, um, something that, you know, all of my friends were going to experience something that I had been planning for my whole life. Um, that was really sad, especially the not being able to ever have children part, like still to this day, it affects me. Um, but the other side of it was, yeah, just finding out that I am different and processing the way that my body is just completely different to like all of my friends. Um, and I'll just, uh, for everyone, I'll, I'll give a little description about how my body works. Um, just so it makes sense. So, um, everybody starts off as a, the same kind of baby and if you have an XY chromosome then you're going to have certain hormones that make you turn into a man um, and if you have XX you kind of stay as a woman and then develop more as a woman um, but everyone kind of starts off looking female um, and it's like the blank slate and then if you're a man you grow from that woman you also grow from that but I had XY chromosomes so I was supposed to form as a male but because my body is completely intolerant to the hormones that would make me grow as a male I stayed growing as that little default baby that we all start off as um, and because I wasn't XX chromosomes it means I had none of the equipment to form fully as a female so my XY chromosomes was all of the stuff that was supposed to be a guy, it's like the coding to be a guy, but I, it was like the wrong instruction manual. That's the way I can describe mm. it. So internally, I have a body like a male would. Um, and if I did have androgen, which is the hormone, um, I would uh, look like a guy. And internally, I have um, testicles, which are underdeveloped and undescended. So they're just floating around inside my stomach, like two little pieces of tissues, basically. Is that what was coming up in your tummy in ballet? Um, not exactly. So the two lumps that were appearing on my abs were um, hernias, but um, the hernias are just a common... Uh, a common thing that happens with intersex people, but it wasn't like my uh, testes were 
pushing up on my stomach because they're so minuscule that uh, um, you, you almost can't them. even see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why even, even when I go, because I have to get them scanned every couple of years to make sure that they're, because they're um, underdeveloped, they uh, we need to make sure that they're like working okay and they're not turning cancerous or anything like this. So every time I go to a new ultrasound person, I have to describe to them, oh yeah, so I'm intersex and this is how my body works. And you're probably not going to be able to find anything because you don't know really what you're looking for, but just send it to my gynecologist because she'll know what she's looking for. So they're always like, I can't see anything. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So the testes are there, underdeveloped little bits of tissue. And is there anything, because is it true that the clitoris turns into, like, if you have the XY hormones, the clitoris becomes the penis? Yeah. So if you, you, there's a few diagrams that you can look up about, um, like the clitoris and the vagina and the vulva and everything, and then the penis, and it's all the same parts, but just shaped differently. Mm -hmm. So when you have androgen in your body, I mean, everyone has androgen except me, but like most people have androgen if you are an XY chromosome. So everyone starts off with a vagina and then it grows into a penis. Yes. And um, so it's basically the same thing, but just shaped differently. And so not me, but some intersex people have um, genitalia that is somewhere in between. So enlarged clitoris or... Um, a micro penis or something like this and um, yeah so it's but like a lot of people think that intersex people would have a fully formed vagina and a fully formed penis but that would mean you would have two completely different sets of genitalia yeah that's such a good description you either have the penis or you have the vagina or you have a combination but not a penis and a vagina because it has to be yeah. one thing evolved. Yeah, so it's it, it is the one thing shaped differently. You said micropenis or enlarged clitoris. Is that the same thing? Um not necessarily because um like a micropenis would still have like the testicles on the outside uh, um, and enlarged clitoris would still have the vulva, yes. maybe testes inside or ovaries inside, but yes. um, uh, an, an elongated clitoris. Does that mean that every intersex person is supposed to be XY? No, 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 definitely not. So there is over 40 uh, intersex vari- variations that we know of at of this wow. point. Um, and some of them are XY, some of them are XX, um, and some of them are XXY. There are loads of different variations and loads of different ways of being intersex. And some of them are, um, like maybe you have a fully formed penis and testicles and you might have over, or you might have one ovary or one testicle or both and, there's there's loads of different ways that you can be intersex and yeah some of them are xx some of them are xy it's some of them are different chromosomes it's mm. yeah very we- diverse. hold up 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We spoke to a parent of an intersex child, and this is recent. Um, Nice. And they were told to choose the sex, right? Mm -hmm. And they had very little, and I'm sure so many parents that are in this situation, have very, very Mm -hmm. little information on this and then doctors are saying please choose because we could do a small surgery now or we could remove parts or do things and then this child has had a decision made by the parents Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. has their experience of growing up and maybe feeling like the opposite gender to which they were assigned and forced to be and it was a heart-wrenching episode for this woman to you know she wasn't necessarily had any kind of it she was very judged by her community and by her people and it was very difficult for her to know what to do do you have yeah. much impact or connections with parents? Have you ever, yeah, I guess, shared in your experience to what you think would be helpful? I feel like there's not a lot of information mm-hmm. still to this day. Yeah, there is. There is more information coming out and certainly if you get involved in the intersex community, then I'll just say if you're in Australia, uh, there is Intersex Peer Support Australia, um, which is for intersex people and parents of intersex children, partners of intersex people. Um, It's an incredible support community and uh, there are many different resources, also Intersex Human Rights Australia, mm. uh, an amazing foundation that just um, passed legislation in the ACT this year to make these surgeries uh, illegal, these non-consensual surgeries. Yes. Um, because it's very layered on on the types of... Uh, consequences that having these surgeries have on on people I know lots of intersex people who were uh their parents chose their gender and um it wasn't correct for them and um it and even so it's just there's lots of different people I I interview on my podcast a few of them talk about having these surgeries so it's not just the choosing of the gender which can be very detrimental to the health of a child, but also the complications of these surgeries or knowing that you had a surgery against your will when you were so young. Um, And resources for parents, like 
it's really hard because you're being advised by doctors who probably don't know that much about intersex people, probably don't really know that much about the effects that it has on someone long term because the common denominator from all of these stories that I've heard is that they never get checked in with again. They get sent on their way and then that's that. And it's really dangerous for children to be put in these situations and, you know, these parents who want the best for their children and ultimately the doctors want what's best for them as well but they don't necessarily um, have the best information and um, statistics of, like, how it affects people. So I guess my advice... I can say if you're in America, there is um, Interact, which is a foundation for intersex people and um, parents of intersex children in Australia, Intersex Peer Support Australia. Um, I'm actually going to a retreat in November with all of the members from IPSA, which is what it's called for short. And um, I do have a parent of an intersex child coming who actually found me online and um reached out to me and uh said like I've been you know waiting to find people in Australia to find a community of people and I couldn't see anything and I couldn't find any support that I really needed and then I put her onto IPSA and now we're going to meet in November and it's going to be really awesome so I really encourage parents to Get informed by the doctor, um, potentially get a second opinion because, um, you know, having, having these types of choices being given to you by doctors at this day and age is worrying um, because a lot of hospitals are claiming now that they don't do that. Um, but that's exactly what Intersex Human Rights Australia are trying to fight for at the moment. And... Um, yeah, so get informed by the doctor, maybe get a second opinion, but also do your own research um, through intersex organizations and um, support groups and stuff like that because there's a lot of people there that are actually going to help make uh, better informed decisions for you. But ultimately, you know, it has to be, in my opinion, that person's decision whenever they reach an age where they can get consent. Let's go back to you. You learn about being intersex at 16. You grieve the potential of carrying your own child, having a period. Did they do like um, like a full examination at this point? Is that when you learn about the vaginal cavity? Yes. So I had to get surgery for my hernias. Um, they, they just had to sew them up and they said like, while you're under, um, are we able to measure how long your vagina is, um, and see if you need surgery for it or if we can go through another route And then I said yes, so um, they did measure my vagina and they found it was only a few centimetres long. What is an average vagina length, just for because I don't even know that. 
I guess you'd be able to fit a tampon inside it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing I have learned is that um, I did get a really awesome doctor in the end who actually knew all about intersex and she was explaining to me how vaginas are ex- extremely stretchy and they're just like any other muscle in your body. So um, they, they, they can stretch and you can yeah. like make them more flexible and stuff. So um, I can say that obviously you'd be able to fit a tampon inside a regular sized vagina, potentially fingers inside, which I could not do. Um, and yeah, a, a tampon wouldn't even go inside. So mm-hmm. it was small enough that it was nearly small enough for surgery, but there was still an opening to fit the start of something inside it. So uh, we opted for a process called dilation. Oh, yeah. Which was, you know, a really annoying or awful thing. But um, it's something that a lot of intersex people have to do. Um, Some trans people have to do as well when they're trying to make a vagina for themselves. So, um, yeah, I did that and wasn't that pleasant. And then eventually I gave up. Uh, because my doctor said um, it's going to be the most stretchy when you're turned on. So maybe watch porn or like do it while you masturbate. So I was like, yeah, but that's like really not getting me in the mood. So I'm just going to, you know, get someone else to do it for me. And so I started dating this guy and I entrusted him with my secret. And then I said like, yeah, do you want to help me make a vagina? And he was like, yes, okay, I will help. And it wasn't pleasant. It really wasn't pleasant. But at least I had someone there who was like super gentle and patient and helped me get through it. So, yeah. Wow. I guess that's a once in a lifetime thing someone could say they did though, right? I helped make a vagina. <laughs> yeah, not many people could say that they did that. I mean, not many people say that they had to make a vagina for themselves, but, you know, oh, and that was just so annoying, just having to do that. And I was 17 and I was like, wow. No one else has to do this. Just me. Just me. I have to fucking do this. Like, wow. this is so annoying. So does that mean once it's like, um, because we've spoken to, uh, some trans people on the show and they've done dialysis and they've spoken about that process and really sounded excruciating. But once it's open, I believe it's open, right? Like you need to kind of um, do a little bit of upkeep, but it's, it's then created. Is that correct with you as well? Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to ever get to the point where it was before. Definitely not. Okay, great. It's, it's like, yeah, you do have to kind of like keep it up or, but it doesn't really take that long, you know, to, to get it back to, you know, feeling good. Cause sometimes it can still be uncomfortable, but you know, I'm used to it now. So saying feel good, does that mean you have sensation as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. so other than the grieving of the child loss, no periods, hormonally do you have like fluctuations and things like that like you know premenstrual like as a woman would no definitely not so I have low levels of estrogen 
and um, no androgen, um, which is like the testosterone. And I, yeah, basically have lower levels of hormones than most people. And um, I was put on synthetic estrogen for a while, but I didn't like it because it did make me very hormonal. And um, in, in terms of like my mood, um, and I did grow breasts from taking the estrogen, and, but it made me like just really, my, my mood changed a lot. Um, and I felt it was very unstable on it and I didn't necessarily have to be on it. It was mostly just to grow breasts and to, um, also because I have lower estrogen, my bone density is slightly lower. Um, so I was on that for a while, but you haven't taken it in years now. How old are you now? I'm 28. Okay. I just turned 28. Happy birthday. So living as an intersex person, do you identify as female? I don't identify as female. Um, I did, I think, once I first found out. Um, and, you know, there are lots of people who identify as female who are intersex um, and lots of people who identify as male and lots of people who identify as non-binary. Um, I found that I just don't, I don't feel female and although I like to express myself and I think I have a lot of feminine energy and I like quote-unquote girly things um I don't feel female and I can't uh really express that in 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 a more profound way but I feel completely different to a female I don't feel male but I feel intersex (laughs) (laughs) so growing up when you from 16 and below were quote-unquote female did you feel female then or you didn't know the difference because you were just treated as female I I didn't think there was another option really because I was not exploring the my gender identity, I guess I felt female. Yeah. I felt, um, like there was male and female and I didn't feel male. So I, I guess I'm female and, um, but I wasn't, I didn't think about it like that, you know, like I just didn't explore that. I didn't even know that there was an exploration of gender identity or anything like that. Like I wasn't even aware of transgender really being a thing. Mm. um for most of my life and then it definitely changed finding out that I was intersex because I was trying to prove so hard to the world um that I was just like every other female and um then I got to a point where I was kind of tired of having to prove that and for some people they don't have to prove it because they know they feel female, they identify as female, so it's not a huge thing for them. But for me, I was like, why am I trying to prove to the world that I'm a female when I don't feel female? And I was like, and then non-binary was kind of happening around this time, 2017, 2018. And I was like, okay, so 
I feel like I fit into non-binary, but not even that. I feel like I fit into intersex as an identity, but um, intersex isn't necessarily an identity because intersex is more of a term used to describe a big umbrella of variations Mm. of people, some who feel cisgendered, you know? So to say that intersex is an identity can be potentially triggering for some people who Mm. feel that they are completely cisgendered but they have an intersex variation. But for me, I do feel that 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 is what I am. I feel not female, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, it's so fascinating because it it is. It's like half your life you've been, more than half of your life you've been assigned female, presented female, treated female, and then this moment comes and you're like, oh, it makes sense. I was actually never that thing. I'm this, I'm an intersex person. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's quite a, it's quite a revelation, isn't it? Like to have had your whole life, even the ideas of child rearing and periods and sex and all of the things in the way that you have felt just changes. Mm -hmm. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a unique experience. Do you feel like your advocacy and your work in this community and beyond is because of that experience or is it just you're really passionate about sharing? My journey for advocacy, I think, really started because I... I just needed, I needed there to be more for other people. Um, I needed there to be more things that they can look up online, more content. I needed to do as much as I can to educate the rest of the world um, to hopefully spare younger people of the feeling I had, which was the feeling of I'm completely alone. And slash this is something that is not normal that's happening to me and people are going to ridicule me for it and you know my life is potentially not going to be as good because of this thing and so I hate to think of other people feeling that way because I almost feel more protective over other intersex people than I do of myself and I and I want to protect them from the world's ignorance so And I think that's part of the reason why I just have chosen to be so open. I kind of want to, because in in posting my story online and doing TikToks, I'm really opening myself up to a lot of ignorance and, you know, invasive questions and Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to answer these questions and and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face because (laughs) I really want to reach as many people as possible because... If I can get, if I can help, because there's a lot, there's other people doing it as well, but if I can join in with these people and, you know, get the ignorance out of the way and so people can be introduced to the topic, then it can be more widely accepted. So I guess it was more an infuriation of um, also, you know, you hear about being intersex, you get told, oh, 
by the way, this celebrity is intersex, but they're pretending that they're not intersex or this celebrity did this huge thing to prove that they're not intersex. And so you're like, okay, wow, that really just solidifies the fact that there is something wrong with me. If I have to go through all of this to live a successful life. Um, so I was like, no, I'm changing it. I'm fucking changing it. So I'm going to be out and proud and be able to do my art and be able to live my life. And, you know, I'm in the moment trying to carve out a space in the media for intersex representation. And, um, I want to be there and get myself into the media along with my other intersex friends and, um, just say we're here and we are going to be open about it and we're not going to hide it because it's completely normal and there's no reason to hide it. You just said, and I mean, TikTok's the scariest place to share anything that's different because they are maniacs in the comment section. (laughs) But do you feel like, you know, intersex is quote unquote different. Do you still feel like you're treated that way on a daily basis or because you're passing, um, Mm -hmm. does your experience feel different? I think my experience is always going to be different. Um, maybe to someone who is more, I don't even know, visibly intersex. Yeah. But um, I know it's such a weird thing to say, but I get you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's something that, yeah, is is for me and also for a lot of intersex people, most intersex people actually, you won't be able to tell and um, unless someone tells you about it or mm-hmm. unless, you know, they um, – they have something else on their body and stuff like this. So I guess no one, and and this is the thing with me, the thing that the doctors said is you can go your whole life and never tell anyone. They even advised against telling my partner. And they said, if you have a partner, um, you know, you can just tell them that you can't have children and then that'll be fine. And I was like, okay, what the hell? Like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not going to be living with this secret. Are you crazy? Like, that's just going to eat me alive and make me feel like a, you know, there's something seriously. (laughs) The worst advice I've ever heard from a doctor. Don't be authentic in your relationships. Lie about who you are and you'll have a deep connection. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, they, they, they're very dated in saying this because it's, you know, like it's dated, um, advice that's been like passed down. Um, so they do really want to protect us from like the hurt and discrimination of, of ignorance and, and stuff like this. But it's like, no, that's just, that's just feeding into that. Um, you know, if, if it's normalized, then it's normalized. And I've told every single person, um, that I've had a relationship with and everyone has been completely fine with it putting your hand up and being very vocal about being intersex still because it's misunderstood. Do you get a lot of trolling or a lot of hate? 
Yes. Uh, I mean, a lot. Okay. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I get it a lot, but I get, uh, some pretty nasty stuff. So it, it's, um, definitely 95% good, but the bad is pretty bad. Um, but most of it's good, but I, when I first started doing it, I wasn't getting any bad stuff. And, um, it, the only bad stuff I was getting was people who were saying that I was delusional, uh, because they, they weren't really understanding what I was talking about. A lot of people thinking that I'm talking about transgender and, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not talking about transgender. <laughs> like still to this day, sometimes, um, I'll even have someone, you know, someone in my life who I kind of know once said, oh yeah, you know, everything that you're doing on TikTok with the transgender stuff. And I'm like, babe, I'm not transgender. Like, <laughs> so there's a lot of people who just don't understand, you know, they're not really taking the time to listen to what I have to say. So, um, they, you know, are saying ignorant stuff. And there, there are some people who are just completely mentally unwell and sending me the most vile, horrendous stuff that like I've ever received in my life. That is just horrible. And, um, like horrible to the point where it's, I can't even take it seriously because it's just so disturbed and demented that I just, I'm like, wow, there's seriously something wrong with you. If you have the time to write that to somebody. There's also a fetish community. This is a, like a kink for people and it's on like the sex websites and things like that have mm -hmm. you had inappropriate people ask inappropriate things off or because you've got that in your handle do you also mm -hmm. attract some you know, perverts, not saying that people that are into the kinks are perverts, but you know, if they're doing it in a way that's gross. Definitely. There is definitely some people that are sending inappropriate messages and, and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know, like nothing too different to what, like just being a normal regular woman has to deal with like creeps and perverts in the DMS. But you know, I, I have, I did, once I came out about it in real life, I did notice that in my actual life, people that I knew, there were some people who were giving me that energy that all of a sudden were really, for lack of a better term, dying to have sex with me. And I was like, mm, okay, just as I've come out about being in sex and you know, they're saying, oh, wow, that's like really cool and like kind of hot. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like kind of hot. What is wrong with you? I guess the thing about this whole thing is it immediately alludes to genitalia, you know, in a way even though it shouldn't necessarily. Yeah. So it's, it's tricky, right, because you go to – genitalia you go boy girl penis vagina what is it what do you have what do you know like it 
it can become very odd very quickly. Like I say I'm a woman or I present as a woman, people just assume I have a vagina. What they want to do next with those thoughts is up to them. But you say intersex and they like, what do you got? What don't you got? Do you have the penis and the vagina and all that kind of misconception? Mm-hmm. I want to know. I yeah. want to see. I Have you felt that energy as well? Definitely. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's something that I knew was going to happen. And it's something that this is the reason why a lot of intersex people aren't going public with it, because it's not, you know, a nice thing to have happen. But um, in, in, in doing it, really, I just kind of expected that that was going to happen. And almost in 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 a part of me when I first came out so so there was this something inside of me that um really still wanted to prove that um I was just like everyone else and that I looked just like everyone else when I first came out in like 2017 because I still was carrying stuff from high school of um of my like bullying and stuff so one of my friends (laughs) yeah so one of my friends went around like telling people and then like all of the guys at our brother school were saying that I have a dick and that I was actually a guy and so I was like still carrying that around and so when I came out about it I was just like oh like I'm intersex um but I was really like going in hand with like oh my vagina looks exactly like this my vagina looks like this and I was kind of really happy happy to kind of talk about my vagina and exactly how it looks in full detail um because I was kind of in this mind where I'm like okay well I'm going to clear it up you know for everyone who said that I had a penis in high school um but and I don't know if I would have been you know comfortable doing all of that and being so open and kind of being like an exhibitionist in a way. Um, if I didn't have that where I was like trying to kind of disprove that, you know, I had a penis and, and I, but I, and I was almost hesitant to actually call my testicles testicles. I used to call them underdeveloped ovaries because I still was just like, Mm, no I'm not gonna let you have that I'm not gonna let yeah. you have that but now I'm like so open about it I'm like my testicles my testicles because I just like don't give a shit anymore <laughs> it's um it's just such an interesting age to find out like fuck that's a tricky time to navigate that mm-hmm. especially with peers like and everything you're saying makes so much sense so valid mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to add today I think we've shared a lot of information, but have we missed anything? I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just kind of felt like, um, it was an amazing platform to come on here and I guess giving, giving intersex peer support Australia and intersex human rights Australia, a big shout out. It's very important. Um, if people want to learn more, um, they can follow me on Instagram, which is bloomkind underscore B-L-U-M-E-K-I-N-D. Um, also the same on YouTube. And I, I talk all things intersex there. Um, and on TikTok, same username. And yeah, I guess like that's all I really have to say. 
<laughs> unless there's anything else that you want to ask or, or go into, but I think we've covered like a lot. I will leave all of that in the show notes, especially, I mean, every, every element of that is super important. Um, but those organizations, you know, for people that need a little bit of guidance or want to find their people as well. Our final question for everyone is the same. Who are you when no Mm -hmm. one's watching? Oh, who am I when no one's watching? Okay. Um, I am an incredibly introverted fantasy nerd um, who daydreams of being an elf in a mystical world. (laughs) Best answer ever. Thank you so much for being with us today on The Deep. Oh, thank you so much. It was really nice. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes, and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.